Welcome to Miniature Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice and Chris Bartlett is not here yet, but we hope to... I'm going to redo this. Sorry, Chris. Did I say sorry, Chris? Yes, you did. Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Matt Rice and Chris Bartlett is not here this week, but I still hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We have done ministry here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous for over 18 years or so, and as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. I'm actually here with one of my all-time biggest supporters, best volunteers, um, greatest advocates, my wife, um, Wesley Rice. Hi, everybody. So Wesley, what do, what do you do in, in like your normal everyday life? Well, uh, I'm married to Matt, which is a feat in and of itself. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I love you. Um, I am also mom to our six kids. And on the side, I am a full-time family medicine physician that delivers babies. Awesome. And you've been, I mean, Wesley and I have been married for 18 years now. Yep. Um, and when we first got married is when I first started doing youth ministry. It was like... When we got married, neither one of us expected that I would be a youth minister. Exactly. <laughs> when we got married, you had a different job. And as soon as we got home from our honeymoon, uh, that was when Matt got called into youth ministry. So it was literally the beginning of his career and the beginning of our marriage happened at the exact same time. Yeah. And I, I have no idea, you know, what that felt like on your end, you know, to see me go from a typical professional, you know, career. Um, to straight into youth ministry. Like, do you remember that? Like what that felt like? Uh, vaguely. It was a long time ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I do remember having that conversation when you first decided to go into youth ministry. We had both chaperoned a youth mission trip for our home church, and you had heard that their youth minister was leaving, and you came to me in our home, and you said, this is what I think I need to do. So much so that you didn't show up to work after that. <laughs> And so uh, I was in medical school at the time, which means that we had negative income. Yep. I clearly remember that. I also remember, and maybe my response was not as uh, generous as I remember it, but I remember saying, well, if this is what you think God needs you to do, then this is what you need to do. Oh, absolutely. Like there That's was the no argument. There was no doubt. There was no, like I never felt um, uncertainty about how we were going to make it work for our family. I felt those things later as we started having a family, uh -huh. but yeah. initially I did not have any of those misgivings or, or doubts about how it was going to work out. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly how I remember it too, you know, was, well, if you don't feel like you need to go into this job, then God's calling you to ministry, go for it. I, I mean, I, I felt nothing but support. Yeah, good. Um, so one of the reasons, like the reason that I, I thought that it would be a lot of fun to have Wesley on the podcast with me today is because she's had a lot of experience, 18 years of experience as a ministry leader's wife. Um, and we, like ministry leaders, there, there have been presentations and workshops and stuff like that on what it's like to, you know, be, you know, widowed by ministry. I've actually, Chris and I have even put on, you know, workshops about that. But we've never had our wives actually up there with us, you know, sharing directly from their experience. And so I thought it would be, you know, neat to have, you know, my wife on and share directly, you know, from her perspective, yeah. um, what, what she experienced at different stages um, of this whole process. So at the very beginning, we had no kids. Right. 
So what was uh, life like as a ministry leader's spouse at that time? So at that time, because we didn't have children, I was in school. Uh, I was pursuing my medical degree. So I had a lot of personal obligations. Um, but really, one of the ways that Matt and I spent time together in the early part of our marriage was with me as his sort of primary volunteer. So whether I really wanted to be or not, it, <laughs> I mean, and that, that's really it. Like I wanted to be with Matt. We had just gotten married. We wanted to spend time together. When I wasn't in class was usually when he was doing youth events because yep. it's, it's evenings and it's weekends. Yep. And so for me to be able to spend time with him in the evenings and on the weekends, I had to go to the youth stuff. Yeah. And I never felt particularly gifted at that. Mm -hmm. I always felt a little awkward around teenagers, um, which was his primary age group at the time. But I did it anyway. And, yep. and it was a way for us to spend time together. And I have a lot of really great memories of that time in our marriage before we had children when we devoted a lot of time and energy to the youth group. Yeah. It felt like we were at church all the time. Well, you know? it's interesting how much that at that time, I mean, we were new to the area. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I was returning to my home parish, but it, it, it had been a long time since I'd been there and I had no friends, you mm -hmm. know, really no community there. And having the core team there, that really became kind of our community. It did. And it was really, we, we developed friendships with them. And it's still very, you know, even though we don't talk to them a whole lot, still very fond memories, fond relationships. Absolutely. Every time I think about them, um, I don't know, I, I, I have a, I don't know, a warm fuzzy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I follow several of them on Facebook and I love that I'm still at least peripherally up to date on what's going on in their lives because they were really important to us at that time in our early marriage. So uh, like one of the things, I don't know if you can think back, you know, 18 years, mm -hmm. um, but there are ministry leaders out there right now who are just starting off or just starting off a married life and their spouse may or may not be involved in the ministry or whatnot. But do you remember like any of the real blessings that came from being married to a ministry leader and any of the real struggles, you know, um, that came with that? Yeah. I mean, I think the blessings are kind of countless. You get to be involved in your church life, your parish life in a way that someone who's not married to the youth minister or whatever other minister, um, in a way that someone who's not married to that person doesn't get to be a part of. I got to know things about the inner workings of our church and the people who were making these decisions. And I never would have had that insight if I hadn't been married to Matt. Um, and I think too, at that time, we had these amazing relationships with the kids in the group. Some of those kids are now grownups and yeah. have kids of their own. Actually, all those kids are now grownups. Um, some of them have kids <laughs> of their own. I mean, maybe they, they have, they've reached a certain age. I don't know if they're all grownups. Mm, I don't know. JP, maybe not. <laughs> oh, um, no, I'm just kidding. JP's a grownup. Um, but it's, it's been really tremendous to get to see these, these children really, cause they were in eighth grade or ninth grade when we first started with them to see them go through college, through graduate school, through their own weddings, through the birth of their first babies. And we've gotten to be a, a part of that for a lot of these kids. And, and it's just been so much fun to watch them grow, to watch them embrace their faith for themselves. You know, and I've enjoyed it almost as much as raising our own kids. Mm, yeah, it's been really neat to, to do that. So 
I would say like getting to see some of the inner workings mm-hmm. though of the church is maybe a blessing and then also kind of a struggle. I would agree with you. We didn't, I didn't really touch on the struggles. I think the biggest struggle for me, and this one really didn't come up as much until we had kids of our own, um, is the time. Yeah. That's the biggest struggle because being a ministry leader is extremely time consuming. Yeah. It is more time consuming than your job description would uh, illustrate. Yeah. I mean, because you never stop, really. Yeah. If if a teenager calls you in the evening and needs to talk to you, guess what? You go. Like, you stop whatever we're doing and you're like, hey, you know, Joe really needs to talk to me. I'm going to go meet him. Is that okay? And you always ask permission, which mm-hmm. is great. But yeah, what am I going to say? No? Like, mm, sorry, Joe, you're just going to have to deal with it on your own. Like, And so that has been a challenge. And for us, especially because my job is very similar. So I'm a, Like I mentioned at the beginning, I'm a family medicine doctor that delivers babies. Well, babies come when babies want to come. And it's usually in the evening or the middle of the night or the weekend when we're at a kid's event or something. Um, and so both of us have to balance that ability to just sort of pick up wherever we are and go take care of whatever need it is that needs to be taken care of at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been a real challenge is that balance between your need to do that for your job and my need to do that for my job. Yeah. And, and you guys, as you, as you get more experience in ministry, more people are going to want your time. Mm -hmm. So, um, people, and maybe they do, but people rarely call on a one or two year experienced youth minister to come and present to their parish. But if you've been in ministry for five years, 10 years, you have some wisdom that you need to be sharing and, and people seek after that, that wisdom to be shared with their parish. So you actually get, you know, even busier on nights and weekends yeah. because other people want you to come and present right. at their events and pull and, and help, you know, uh, form their teams. And so then you have the, that, that problem that continues is like, well, you know, this parish needs me and I'm going to go present to this parish. And so right. that's, that's a balance with, and, and that's one of the things that we always tell ministry leaders in our workshops is you absolutely need to give your spouse veto power yes. you know, on these things. And you need to set guidelines and set boundaries for, okay, well, I, I'm never going to travel on our anniversary. Um, I'm never, and, and some people even like they have this, I'm never going to travel on my kids' birthdays. There are other speakers who say, I'm never going to, I'm, I'm never going to spend more than one night away from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but come up with those guidelines as a couple and, right. and stick to them. I mean, if you, if you agree to them with your spouse, stick to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if for whatever reason you feel a strong need to make an exception, make sure that your spouse is in on that conversation and they have veto power. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think it's just a sign of respect. It's a sign of respect for your relationship and it's a sign of respect for your spouse to say, hey, I really feel like I want to go do this, but I want to make sure you're okay with it first and not with any pressure or collusion. Yeah. Like you don't want to be um, uh, influencing your spouse being like, you know, hey, I really feel like I need to do this. And if I don't, it's going to be so detrimental for the people that don't get to hear me talk about whatever. And and they're just really going to miss out on they're my They're all going to go to hell. Yeah, right? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what am I going to say to that? Like, of course, that's whatever. So so come, come at those conversations with a true um, desire to come to some middle ground with your spouse. I think that would be the, the advice there. All right. So next question. 
Um, if you had, if, if there was some bit of knowledge about what it was going to be like to be a ministry leader's spouse that you could have known before it all happened, or that could have maybe saved us some, some hassle, um, what, what advice would you want to give the, the new ministry leader's spouse? Don't be afraid to say no to things. So there were lots of times when Matt assumed that I was going to participate in something because I had in the past or because he just thought that I would because he was going to. And, and we never had an explicit conversation about it. And when the time rolled around, I was like, I'm going to be a part of this. I thought this was something you were doing. I did not think this was something we were doing. Um, and after we had children of our own, that was even more of an issue. You know, Matt, after we had kids, kind of assumed that I would continue to be his primary volunteer. And I did not feel like that was an appropriate role for me anymore. I By the way, like, I still think she would be freaking awesome <laughs> in a small group with, with young people. Um, and I think she actually has a lot of wisdom to share. Um, and anyway, so I, I still struggle with not asking her, you know, to, to come and be a part of things. And I'm actually like, secretly, I want her to be a part of a new small group model that I'm starting. So, uh, she's just now hearing about this, but maybe she assumed it was going to happen. But <laughs> um, anyway. Actually, I'm kind of excited about that little okay, adventure. So um, I'm happy to do that. I, and I think our kids are getting older. That's the other thing that makes that easier. Yeah. There was a long period of time when all of our children were relatively young and we needed a babysitter if I was going to come be a part of this. Yeah. And that's a, that's a scheduling commitment. We got to find somebody ahead of time and make those arrangements. And what if they fall through, then I'm letting you down by not being available to you. But our sitter let us like, there were just so many variables and we have six children. Those of you who've listened probably already know that about Matt, but we have six kids. So it's, it's not a small commitment at home. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't have like, two kids that's maybe a little easier to bring them along to things or to work around the fact that you don't have a sitter at any given time. Six children can derail a youth night really quickly. <laughs> and so bringing the kids along to youth ministry events does not always work. Yeah. And, and now our older two kids who are sort of our built-in babysitters are part of the youth program. Yeah. And so if I were to try to volunteer on an ongoing regular basis right now, we would have to find a sitter for our four younger children. And, and it's just too much right now. That doesn't mean that I'm not interested in resuming some of that as our children are more independent. But right now, my contribution to your ministry in a lot of ways is keeping the children yeah. so that you have the flexibility to go and do what you need to do. Yeah. You're still my number one volunteer. Hmm. It's just at home taking <laughs> care of the kids. <laughs> um, yeah. The, uh, so is there any other advice you would give the spouse of a new ministry leader? Jump in with them. I mean, if, if you're you newlyweds yeah. and you don't have kids and you can be a part of it, be a part of it. It's really fun. Even if you don't think you're good at it, which I never did. I never thought I was very good at it, but it, it is very enjoyable. And the relationships you can form with the kids is just really, really fulfilling. Yeah. And you don't have to be an extrovert, you know. I am not. <laughs> to do it. I am definitely not an extrovert. Matt and I are very opposite in our personalities. Um, 
and I am very much an introvert. And so I am not one to just randomly strike up conversations with people. It makes me very uncomfortable. So she connected with a different group of kids than I would have connected yeah, for sure. you know, because of that. And so it, it takes all types. All right. So the new ministry leader. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you could talk to Matt 18 years ago, hmm. what would you, what would you have said to me now that you have all this kind of experience? Don't assume anything. Mm. Don't assume that I'm going to be available. Don't assume that I want to participate. Yeah. Ask me. Probably I'll say yes. Like, you know, I want to be with you. I married you. Like, I, I like you. Um, and so most of the time when I can, I want to say yes to whatever you ask me. But it is, it was for me, maybe not everyone feels the same way I do, but it was for me a little bit offensive for you to assume that I was just perpetually available for whatever you needed yep. because I wasn't, I mean, I have a job I had at the time when we were first married, I had school that was a huge commitment. Um, you know, just the, the rigorousness of medical education. And so it was not always easy for me to be available on Sunday night or Wednesday night or for a week long mission trip or mm -hmm. any of those kinds of things. And you always assumed I would just be there. Yep. Um, so that would be the one piece of advice is just don't assume. Don't take you for granted. Yeah. 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 I think so. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, like, did I, I mean, like protecting our time or protecting family time, is there any advice you have around that? I think that's harder because there's just so much overlap. I mean, for example, like I, I love going to mass as a family and we did that. But it was also part of your ministry obligation to be there at a certain time. So, you know, we went to evening mass because that's when the youth nights were early in our marriage. Yep, yep. Now we go to early morning mass because it works better for our children who wake up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the, the protecting family time is really challenging when your your spiritual life, your mission life, and your family life all overlap with each other. Which they do. It, uh -huh. It's just the way it is. Yep. So, and I think you mentioned it earlier too about, you know, setting some boundaries, particularly when it comes to additional obligations on nights, weekends, travel, um, what have you. Just saying, yep. hey, how much are you okay with me being gone? Or how much are you okay with me working in the evenings? And you're not okay with it? Okay, then I'm going to dial it back. Yep. You know? All right, so we have uh, ministry leaders out there that listen that are actually in charge of other ministry leaders, whether it's priests or directors mm -hmm. of youth ministry or director of, of uh, evangelization who then also have ministry leaders below them. Mm -hmm. Is there any advice you would give them or anything that you've experienced that you like really thought was really neat that the boss of your ministry leader or whatever did or could have done to help? Yeah, absolutely. I think the story that maybe illustrates that the, the best was uh, Father Jonathan, when mm -hmm. we first got married and you decided to go into youth ministry, it put us in a really bad financial place, yeah. really bad. We couldn't afford our rent. We couldn't afford your truck payment. I was still in medical school, just hemorrhaging money to the school. Yep. And there was no way for me to get a job to support you. At the time, you hadn't been offered the job Yet we were just sort of in this in between time. We were actually homeless. <laughs> we lived with our friends 
thank you, Jesus, for providing that for us. But it was, it was a really rough time in our very young marriage yep, yep. Um, with all this financial uncertainty. And Father Jonathan recognized that. He recognized it as a barrier to our marriage being healthy. Mm. And he paid off your truck and he found us a place to live with one of the parishioners in the parish yeah. so that we could move forward with your life in ministry without worrying about the financial implications of that, at least yeah. to start off with. Yeah. It was huge. I mean, that was 18 years ago and it still had such a big impact on me to know that someone would support you that much to go, okay, I see that there's this problem that is causing a huge issue in your marriage and I'm going to fix it for you. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I think just, just, uh, advice to those who, who oversee other youth or other ministry leaders is be aware that they have a personal life. Be aware that they may be struggling in that personal life, whether it's because of some other conflict in their marriage or because of finances or because of whatever. And if you can help, help. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, because it's tough being a ministry leader, uh, is draining work. It is tough work. It takes you away from your family and nights and weekends and other times. And I think just being acknowledging that and trying to have some flexibility around that uh, is probably the best advice I can give. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've even I've heard of pastors and or, you know, supervisors requiring a weekend away for the spouse and the youth ministry like a spouse, a spousal retreat yeah, or retreat. whatever mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, I'm going to pay for you guys to go on retreat together. Yeah. I'm going to coordinate childcare for your kids while you're gone. Um, so you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. Just go. And I think that's great. And I think that's just one example of sort of nurturing that primary vocation because yes, all of you are called into ministry and that is your job, but your vocation is to your spouse. Yep. And that is ultimately your path to salvation. Yeah. So being a, a ministry leader hopefully makes you holier if yeah. you're doing it well. Hopefully it makes <laughs> you're you doing holier. It right. Not just well. <laughs> Hope, right. Hopefully it makes you holier. But really, your path to sanctification is through your marriage. Yeah. And so that needs to be nurtured at the foundation. And if you're not doing that, or if, if you feel like your boss is not allowing you to do that, it's worth a conversation yeah. to say, hey, I need to dial back some of my evening commitments because my marriage is kind of rocky right now yeah. and we need to fix it. Yeah. And a lot of times if uh, I, I, I don't know, I'd be real interested to get a, uh, you know, a priest on the, the show because I've, I've seen priests who I mean, obviously like they don't have a, a wife at home. They don't mm -hmm. have a spouse at home. Um, but I've seen priests that even though that's the case, they're still ridiculously committed to the marriages of the people that they have on staff. And they recognize the time that they need and they don't bother them in the evenings and stuff like that. And they, they really invest in that. But then I've also seen the other side, you know, where mm -hmm. the priests just don't understand mm -hmm. what family life, life is like, yeah. you know, and, and take for granted, you know, that we would be available like they would be available. Right. Um, and that's just not the case. Right. So, um, and I think just quickly to speak, to speak to that too, like recognize that your ministry leaders have families and that that really is their primary focus is their family. So if they have a sick kid and they have to call in for a staff meeting or something, don't, don't hold that against them. Like 
sometimes that's just the way family life is. Yeah. And if you don't have, if you don't have a family, let's say you're a priest, you don't have to worry about a sick kid interrupting your schedule. But those ministry leaders that do have kids might have to worry about that. Yep. And yeah. and that's a real concern, and it's a real barrier for some people. Cool. All right. So this is maybe a loaded question, um, and okay. hopefully you don't feel pressure to answer it a certain way, but I have a feeling no matter what you do. Um, so if you had to do it all over again, um, would you still say the same thing? Yes, honey, if this is what God's calling you to, go for it. Absolutely. You know, and, and why? I would absolutely say the same thing because what's the alternative? I mean, really, well, I, if I, you came to me, this is, you know, should like, are you glad, you know, is it, has it been good for me, for us? For me to have been in ministry leadership for this long, or would you have preferred me to go into like a, a normal profession? Sorry, guys, this is a normal profession. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a normal profession. I would absolutely say the same thing. Yeah, I would say because you have a gift for it, you have a talent for it, and I feel like all of us should honor the call of God on our lives. That's why I'm a doctor. Like I went into it not because I wanted to. I mean, I did want to, but I wanted to because I was being called there yeah. because I felt like that was where God wanted me to use my talents specifically. And that's the reason that I've never quit. We've had six kids. I've never not worked. I've always gone back to work after our children. Part of it is because I feel called to do that. I feel like if I don't do that, I'm denying some gift that God gave me to minister to people through healthcare. Okay. So, and, and I relate to St. Gianna in that way because she was the exact same way. And she said the same thing in her writings was like, I'm called to this ministry of healing, this yep. ministry of healthcare. And so I can't deny that part of myself any more than I could expect you to deny the part of yourself that is called to ministry, specifically youth ministry for you. Yeah. And so if, if I asked you not to do it, I don't think our marriage would have survived. Sure. I mean, realistically, I don't. I think that we have been blessed with a very happy, very successful marriage because you are doing what God has called you to do, mm. and I am doing what God has called me to do outside of our marriage and our family life. Yeah. And I and think if we it weren't would, doing that, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have. Oh no! I think we would have had a joy, lot. Right. You know. I think we would have had a lot more conflict over the years. I think we would have had. That's not to say we haven't ever had conflict, <laughs> um, but we've been able to resolve it in, in a charitable way. Yeah. And so I, I feel like we would have missed out on a lot of that. I think you would have been unhappy. I think you would have been less holy and therefore our whole family would have been less holy yep. because your leadership has led to the sanctification of our family. Yep. And so if you had been working in any other kind of secular job and you've joked about it before yeah. like, <laughs> that the, the only, the only path to salvation for you was going to be a job that required holiness. <laughs> like I didn't say those words. Matt has said those words many times in the past. Um, and so I think if you weren't doing that, it would be reflected in the way that we interact with each other and in the way that you've led our family over the years. And yep. I think we could be in a whole lot less holy place than we are, than we are currently. Yeah. Agreed. 
Awesome, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more from uh, a spouse, we I might actually get Chris to get his wife on um, and or we can have Wesley on again. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Please, let's continue this conversation online. If you guys have other insights from spouses, please share it in the Facebook group. You can find it at MLA Podcast. Um, send me any feedback, MLA at ablazeyouth.org. Share this podcast with someone. I mean, listen this together with your wife. If you're a ministry leader that has a spouse, listen to this with your wife and, and ask if, if, if any of it, or sorry, yeah, or your husband. What, what a chauvinist. Um, <laughs> listen to it with your spouse and, uh, and see if there's anything that really connects or, you know, if there's anything that we missed. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. Take some time this week and pray for other ministry leaders. Spend some time with your spouse. God bless. We'll see you next time on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. All right. Y'all have a great day. Taylor, cut out that. Y'all have a great day. That was stupid. (laughs) Oh, man.